1: pittsburgh dealer fans welcome back to another episode of the scobro show this is behind the steel curtain editor dave Schofield coming at you it's tuesday it's just after 9 p.m it's a victory tuesday with me as always is my big brother rich rich
2: how you doing tonight something i haven't got to do for a long time I'm <laughs> ah, breathing in the sweet smell of victory. Thank yes. goodness, because otherwise we'd have had to continue to smell that Ohio stink. Oh, uh, the uh, thing
1: is, is what is it? Um, you say we have to breathe in that sweet smell of victory. Can you breathe? I mean, that's the whole God. title of the show tonight. Oh my goodness! Talk about. I mean, I could. I'm I'm looking at your knee jerk reaction article, making sure you're getting ready for it at the um at the at the uh. Um, as the games winded down and I'm seeing you type bullets and I'm seeing them
2: go away. I'm seeing, I thought bullets. about leaving them in there and then said, <laughs> and, and I got that one wrong.
1: No, and what's so funny is, is Jeff Hartman talked about it on the post game show. Cause I was at Jeff's house watching the game. If you didn't check out the post game show to know that um, or any of Jeff let's rides so far this week. Cause you know, we, we talk about, we, we watched the game right there. I didn't get the game. I had to go somewhere to get it. I was at Jeff's house. I'm going to be at Jeff's house again this week. And we're trying to see if even bad wants to join us there of just for some good old Steeler fun.
2: Only because Bad had to talk to himself oh, on yeah. the game shows since <laughs> he had, he had to... to watch the game by himself. So. Yeah,
1: he did. Well, the last time I went to Bad's house for a game, he paused it and was 20 minutes behind. And I found out on Twitter that Mika Fitzpatrick had a pick six against the Cleveland Browns, which was back in 2020. And it was like, ugh. So it was just crazy. Jeff was saying – he was talking about he – he had everything ready to go. Everything ready to go. Our our article's ready to go. We're going to get everything on the website right away. Blocked extra point.
2: I, I, I that was in the back of my mind when they're lining um, up. On my- when they lined up for it, I looked at Minka, not on the very outside, one spot in, and I thought, mm-hmm. and who was to his right? Was it Cam Sutton? I don't know. I to know where I think line. it was, I think it was a 20 something on yeah. the outside of him. And I thought, you know, one of those guys might, you know, just look at it. I said, one of those guys are going to have a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, cause I
1: I was thinking, I didn't know through the third quarter that the long snapper for the, for their team was hurt. I missed that. I I don't know if they had said anything to me. I I didn't see it
2: until that extra point.
1: Yeah. That I didn't realize that was the case. And that actually made sense. It's something I'm going to talk about on stat geek this week is I'm like I should have been tipped off when Cincinnati went for 2 to cut it to 3 in the third quarter. Cuz you want to know why? You don't do that. Right, that was actually right. Yeah, in the third quarter. That was part of my scenario that I had dreamt about for 2 months about the Steelers not going for 2 in the third quarter and people being like, "Oh, why didn't they go for 2?" You know, and they end up, you know, that that cost them in the game. And cuz you don't do that then. You don't chase the points then. And the reason you don't chase the points then is, is what is how everything could still continue to play out. The last thing you want to do is not get it and have that really put you behind it later in the game. Yes. You don't need to do that. You know, in the fourth quarter and you're trailing by two scores and you know one of them is going to have to be a two-point conversion, you might go for it first because then you know if you need one more or two more. This was to cut it from three to four. Um, But you know, they're aggressive, Cincinnati's aggressive. But what I couldn't believe even more than that was in the fourth quarter when they were down when Cincinnati was down six. We're already diving into this. Um, we got some other news to to talk about. But real quick, when they were down six, it was lining up to be like on that when they went forward on fourth down, it was like fourth and five, fourth and six. Yeah, that would have been like a 54 or 55 yard field goal. Right. And I'm like, people are like, oh, well, they got to go for it because they're down. I'm like, no, you're going to get another possession. You kick this field goal now, you're only down a field goal the next time. But then finding out about the long snapper, that made sense. Then it, it made sense in that because it was a borderline decision. Do you, do you Are you afraid you'll never get the ball again in, again in the fourth quarter? There was a lot of weird stuff with how that played out. We'll dive into it. Um, First, let's get into some news. Coach Tallman had his press conference today. Man, is it a different feeling about one Trent Jordan Watt today than what there was Sunday after the game. I I was so frustrated with the number of people in the live chat that were certain that T.J. Watt was out for the season. Now, just the way they they just talked about, oh, well, since T.J.'s on. And and the reason I'm not frustrated with you all. I was doing the same thing. And I said it on the show, in my mind, I was hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. Rich, now that the news is coming out that TJ Watt's not going to require surgery at this time, I keep saying at this time, because as rehab goes on, there could something could set it, set it off and be like, you know what, this isn't going to work. You're going right. to need the surgery after all. There's always that possibility with any injury, with any injury. But really good... News coming out with TJ Watt, with him, you know, missing like six weeks. I mean, when you think – I'm like, oh, half the season? When you think about it, with 17 games, that's basically a third of the season. Yeah. yeah. Um, thoughts? How have your emotions changed since – what were you thinking Sunday versus what – how things have changed over the course of time with everything?
2: Yeah, I was like you. I was sitting there thinking maybe it's just a partial, not a full tear, what I call basically a full separation – um, And, oh, what do you know? Now, now six weeks. Now, I, actually, I expect him to not come back until after the bye. I, I do, too. Which I hope that's the case. Well, one thing I could see is it, it depends on how practice goes and how he rehabs. I hope that's the case because, you know, oh. I would love that first game back to be the sixth game because <laughs> I'm going to the, that oh,
1: game. I'm going to that one, I'm going to that one too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, it, it's funny cause I know Wes is saying in there, Wes, you weren't one of the one we got, we got super chats that were saying TJ's done, you know, <laughs> you weren't one of the ones in the post game show that was like that. There was others and I don't blame you. I really don't. That was the fear and that was the fear. And, you know, it's kind of like waking up a little bit, uh, imagine, and <sighs> It was that feeling of 2019 all over again when when you're like, oh, I wonder how bad the injury is to Ben Roethlisberger. And then it was like, oh, surgery, he's done, time to move on. And that's what the Steelers were going to have to do anyway. But knowing, hey, if you can weather the storm and you can do some really good things now just for part of the season and you can get the defensive player of the year coming back – Yes this means that the likelihood of him repeating in that in that role isn't going to be as much because of time missed. Is he going to break the sack record this year? Man would that be a feat if he did it if he has to miss that many games. But still forget the accolades, just the notion that you know what he can do for the Pittsburgh Steelers during games, how great that would be. Um that would just that would just be great news.
2: Yes. Um which then made the well, h- how do I put some of these things, um, you know? There there was a, a tweet that was that went out yesterday by a certain Pittsburgh air quotes sportscaster, uh huh, saying that you know, saying oh see what I said, we should have left him on the franchise tag.
1: Oh, <laughs> what a coulda shoulda! You've got to freaking be kidding me. Yeah, I, I'm glad I didn't see that. It must not be a real Pittsburgh sportscaster, or else I'd
2: follow him on Twitter. So, <laughs> so yeah, because well, that's, that's why it was in okay, gotcha, good air quotes, air quotes.
1: Yeah, um, um
2: they consider themselves that, and
1: yeah, I know. Uh, oh, I think someone gave away who it was in the live chat. That's good.
2: Uh, yeah, um,
1: they did. yes, so <laughs> <laughs> several people, yeah, several people, yeah, so that's the. That's the thing, even if TJ was gone, it's still the Pittsburgh Steelers and it's still next man up. But man, that whole thing of there's a difference between, hey we're hey, we're next man up, this is what it is this is what we're pushing forward to weathering the storm, yeah. weathering the storm and then because I mean imagine this defense. I'm looking at what they could be doing over the next few weeks. And if this defense comes out and plays elite, and then you add someone back to that pool, that's just, that's just huge. Well, that's just one part of the news. Yes. Um, Najee Harris came out on a, on a podcast. I didn't look up and see which one it was. I don't remember. I said this on the, on the Tomlin uh, uh, press conference recap podcast, which if you haven't checked that out, that's on our audio only platform, which means it's anywhere you can get podcasts um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Spotify, whatever those are, uh, just search for Steelers or BTSC and you will find us. But I, I do that podcast uh, after Mike Tomlin's press conference every week. And he said, Coach Tomlin saying, yeah, it's it's nice to be young like that about Najee Harris. In other words, right. he might feel like Najee feels like he's ready to go, but you know who's going to determine if he's ready to go? Coach, yeah, Coach Tomlin, Tomlin yeah. Yeah. My question to you is this, Rich, as we go to to hit up a couple other things. Do you think Najee was really a full go before he got hurt in that game?
2: Yeah. He didn't look like it. He looked, um, yeah. I want to say he, it looked like he was having, I don't want (laughs) to say issues, struggles, maybe. Mm -hmm. It just, he didn't have the same drive. It was like he couldn't push off. He couldn't push off of that foot Mm -hmm. the way he usually does. Uh,
1: I'll be honest with you. I don't know if the foot was bad or if his confidence in the foot wasn't a hundred percent, right. You know, and that's something that he could develop over time or it's something. Now, the last thing I want to do is if you think last year, Devin Bush never really regained confidence in his knee. He started to in one game in a game that you and I were both in attendance at Mm -hmm. against Denver. And then he got hurt again. And I think it kind of wrecked, wrecked, you know, even if it's not a conscience, conscious, you know, in his subconscious that, that, that you're not confident in that sometimes you can do that. And, but it's not Najee. We'll we'll see what Najee can do. Um, We'll see how the week progresses. You gotta, you gotta stay tuned to the injury report and all those good things. Didn't even mention Levi Wallace who left in the third quarter, not even mentioned in the, when he, when he went over the injuries and then nobody asked about him kind of surprised that one. Cause he didn't return to the game, mentioned Mason Cole, who did come back to the game, but he's dealing with an ankle. And honestly, the way coach Tomlin did that, that's basically saying, yeah, he might not be a full participant earlier on the week, but we'll see. So, um, other quick news before we dive into more of our trying to catch our breath is that the Steelers did make two moves in regard to their practice squad. One of them you knew was coming. Coach Tomlin even basically said it was coming because they said, "Oh, you're you going to make you going to have to do anything to to cover for 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 TJ Watt being out." Because Coach Tomlin definitely ruled him out this week, and he says that's all the further he's going for now. I I get it. That's that, that was a smart way to do it. But uh, coach Tomlin said that, you know, we're at least got to add somebody else for practice. Cause if you don't remember good old Hamil, Kyle Rashid is actually went on the practice squad injured list. So he's not even on the practice squad to practice now. So they were down an outside linebacker from the practice squad. And now they're down an outside linebacker from the 53. So you've got to at least get one more in there for practicing. And they did that. They signed, um, outside linebacker Ryan Anderson. He played four years in Washington as a second-round draft pick out of Alabama. Played with Najee Harris. Missed last year. He had signed a deal with the Giants, but then got suspended for six games for PEDs, and no one else got, and so therefore he got cut, and no one else picked him up. Uh, they also added tight end Rodney Williams to the practice squad, and they released tight end Justin Rig and wide receiver um, Jaquari Roberson, um, or Roberson. I'm I don't know. He was added, uh, last week, um, to the practice squad. So that was the moves there. Just to, just to put a bow on all that. Um, other news wise, I don't know that we really have other news other than the Steelers are one and know. That's a pretty big news. Don't you think?
2: I love it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Fire> <laughs> I, mean, up the losers. I mean, I, I was There's starting Brian
2: Bengals lady. Yeah.
1: I was starting to accept. I mean, my goodness, the Steelers defense stopped them at four on fourth down that I talked about where they didn't take the field goal. Then the Bengals get the ball back, get all the way down to an and goal situation, and the Steelers stop a bear. And then the ball goes back to him and it comes down. And I'm just like, and TJ Watt goes out. And I'm just like, it's it, it's it, I felt it was too much of an ask on the defense for them to keep them out of the touchdown zone. There, shout out to Brian Anthony Davis. So I was kind of preparing for, man, this is going to be a 21 to 20 loss. Then the touchdown happened. Then the extra point happened, and I'm like, I don't know that I have a lot of confidence in the offense that only scored three points in the second half. Um. But hey, let's see what happens. And then the offense goes three and out. And then the Bengals go and drive the whole length of the field. And they go for the 29 yard field goal. Now, I'm going to ask you a question about this 29 yard field goal. They went for it on third down. Yeah, Remember that? I do. What do you think of that
2: decision? I think they, they should have used the extra was, down to maybe uh, take a shot in the end zone. I would have t- used the extra down to just. Try to do something, yeah. But also, but here's what I thought: since they had the the new snapper, mm-hmm. if he skips the ball back there on third down, the holder can just fall on it. Exactly. He it, and he could have was-
1: fallen was- on the high snap. What setting you up? setting up for? Us. I'm like, should they have taken the shot? I'm like, no, they did it there in case there was a problem. When the snap came in that high, either the holder's got to pull it in and fall on it, because you're talking about going from a 29-yard field goal. Chances are it's another eight yards. So you're still talking 37. You're talking just beyond an extra point. That's Honestly, really he's not a he, problem for this he, kicker.
2: He could have fallen on it and rolled until somebody touched him.
1: Yes, he could have.
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs>
1: because because that's just that's what it is. The kicker, if he felt everything was off with that could have not kicked the ball. He could have gone all Charlie Brown on it. Yeah. He could have Charlie Browned it. Yeah. You know? Um, And then they would have had another shot, but, your instinct, much like the Akello Witherspoon interception, which was the only one that wasn't a huge game changer because it happened on fourth down, your instinct kicks in, and your you know your football instinct kicks in, and you just make a play. Because think about that—that that when he, when Akello Witherspoon intercepted that fourth down pass, the Steelers lost a little bit of yardage. Yes. it wasn't the end of the world. But your instinct is get the ball, get the ball, get the ball,
2: and that's what I want our defensive backs thinking
1: yes that's what get yeah i wanted to go get his get hand the for the ball go take it away make joe burrow have to have that four interception stat line right. but i'm really glad they didn't call the one with cam hayward an interception because i wanted Highsmith smith to get the
2: sack oh that one that one was obviously new, yeah i thought yeah right. but either way they acted a little surprised they're like oh that ends up being a sack and a fumble and i'm like that's because that was clearly what it was yes. <laughs> but but All we- right, hold on
1: I'm this is Occam's ox 499 in the tip jar. Thank you Occam's ox. It only took me a year and a half to get your name right um just putting it out there for people who may not know the Steelers are four wins away from 500 since the 1970s merger best team in the league here we go I have a question is that regular season? I'm just curious. Is that regular season or is that combined regular and postseason? Please don't tell me it pre preseason because that's just worthless. I'm just curious, Occams, if you can answer that question. Um, because if I quote you on that, I'd kind of like to know for sure. So uh, thanks for putting that out there and thanks for the tip. Um, whew, I was wondering if anyone else thought about that third down kick. Should he, the high snap? Uh, I, I wasn't but thinking about think it. This one was going to be any better.
2: I wasn't thinking about it that much because I was writing the last bullet point, and putting in that the Steelers had lost 23 to 20. Delete, 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 delete. <laughs> delete, delete, delete.
1: <laughs> yep. And honestly, then,
2: then we're just kind of almost. Re- we have not talked since this game. No, we have. We saved it for the show. <laughs> do, do you want to know what I thought about writing after that happened? Huh? I thought about getting the last bullet point ready. And saying, you know, well, you know, looks like we just, you know, kissed our sister. Here we go with a tie, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. I was like, you know what? I'll wait until it plays out this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, my, you know, my biggest thing is I'm like, if they lose this game by, even if they would have lost by a point in regulation with the extra point, my, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, they covered. If you want a moral victory, uh, not really. I'm like they—they they hung in there with the defending AFC champs. But man, to get five takeaways and end up losing the game—that's just gut wrenching. That's just gut wrenching. And honestly, i would like I said to Jeff at one point. I'm like, the defense is going to have to get a takeaway here in overtime to set to, to set up a win. Um, and I don't. I was. I you don't do it. You you simply. Mike Tom did it once before, and I actually get why he did. That was in 2019 um, against the Ravens. But I'm like, I'm I would have been fine if the Bengals won, won the toss and they got the ball first. The biggest issue was the defense had just been out there so long. Yeah. So you give them at least a little bit of a break rolling into the overtime and some plays by the Steelers out there um, before they had to step right back on the field. But and the other thing is is. You know, that's a, that's a pretty potent Cincy offense that they could score the touchdown and the Steelers never get the ball. So yeah. Um, oh, Occam's followed up. He said that that includes 36 playoff wins, 496, 310 and four, according to the internet. I'm going to check that to not that I don't trust you but I will verify that at some point. And if I remember, I'll even mention that. I'll be tweeting about that a lot, I'm sure, <laughs> as it gets closer. Uh, thank you there, Occam. That's that's some good
2: stuff. So, oh, no, um, what was I saying? I, I'm going to mention, <laughs> as I looked at, at, a, yeah. at a live chat, you know, the CUDA 70, um, I did not see that my game thing was on the MSN main page, but um, – it has been before, as have yeah. a lot of other articles from BTSC do it, uh, you know, yeah. pop their way through on the MSN. Yeah. Main... And, and honestly, Maybe. if you're
1: wondering, like, well, what's the article they talk about this? Thing?
2: If you're not checking out BehindSteelCurtain.com,
1: what are you waiting for? That's one. Two, Rich. That had I did not read the comments because there was two hundred and seventy. Oh my gosh! Never <laughs> so had I so did not. Comments. Um. So 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 yeah. Sometimes that just that that article gets a lot of views. Sometimes it gets a lot of interaction from the community with the comments. Who? But I will. If you guys aren't wondering, it's the knee jerk reaction. It's basically stuff Rich would say to me on a podcast if we were going live during the game. Put in an article for you to read. That's what it is. So boom so uh, yeah, just so many thoughts going through the mind as I played through. here's something I'm going to be looking at some certain plays and some other things on that I'm, I'll talk about on, on stat geek Thursdays so and the numbers and stuff behind them. There is one thing that I'm that I, I want to make sure people understand. There were some some people out there on the Twitterverse. I didn't actually see it unless a Pittsburgh reporter or NFL reporter also commented on this. But I had some other people mentioning that uh, sometimes I don't know what's going on with some of these things unless I see them somewhere else. And it was there was someone who said it on the on a Bob Labriola's Asked and Answered article um, that was out on, on Steelers.com on Tuesday this morning um, about the Steelers throwing the ball on second down, their last possession in regulation. I I I know the play. I know it didn't work. I know they were trying to go for a safer pass. It was incomplete. I haven't got that far in a rewatch, so I'm I'm trying to remember the ex- you know more of the exact play. But it's the whole idea that you pass the ball. People do not understand that one of the most significant plays in that game and that could have cost the Steelers the game was the Najee Harris injury. Yep. And it's not because they lost Najee Harris. Nope. It's because when he was injured, the Bengals had called a timeout, but they had their timeout given back to them because an injury on one team for a team inside of two minutes cost them a timeout. So that meant that the Steelers stopped the clock with the timeout on first down. Because if the Bengals only had, they had two timeouts going into it. If they use that first one on first down, I don't think it's they're throwing diff- on second down. Correct,
2: I don't think they are either.
1: Because if, because you knew for sure you would be, you would be gaining another forty seconds off the clock because they'd be out of timeouts. Now, what the pass on second down did because of that situation, it allowed the Bengals to hold on to one of their timeouts going down the stretch. Whether or not you think that's worth it or going for the first down is more important. To me, if you're talking about them having one one timeout versus no timeouts, or if you're taking a shot for a first down, I'd rather take the shot for the first down. That's uh,
2: my- I, I think that the, the thought was the Bengals are going to be ready for the run. Let's see if we can get one of our quick hitter passes, get about seven yards, keep the clock running, and mm-hmm. give ourselves a makeable third down. Yeah, because honestly,
1: what I thought was good is trying to get the ball to somebody more in space, even if it was a pass behind the line of scrimmage. Don't care. Get it out on the sidelines in space or or something of that nature in that setting because you know what happens when teams are selling out against the run. Look at what happened with the Steelers on the fourth and one play where if a a player can get away from the space – Like Joe Mixon was able to get through that space and get that big run um, down inside the five or around the five. That's the kind of things that can happen if you can get in space when teams are selling out uh, for, for something of that nature. So I understood why they did it. And because of that injury to Najee and the whole notion of the Bengals didn't have to use a timeout there. The the clock was going to be what the clock was going to be, whether they passed it or ran it. The only difference was going to be the timeout. So just kind of keep that. And honestly, I think a, a lot of people here, um, in the live chat realized that they, they they caught that too, which is good stuff. So um, here we go. We've got another one, another four ninety nine in the tip jar. Uh, thank you very much from Justin Gall. Justin says four four for fifteen on third downs is the killer. Why can't we just avoid third down altogether? That is interesting. That's something I'm going to outline. I outlined it in my By the Numbers article, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk about it more on the Stack Geek uh, podcast Thursday morning. The Steelers actually, they won first down when you compare their offense to the Bengals' offense. Now you're like, wow, they had a lot of times on first down where they they didn't gain much. That's true. But the Steelers did also have some pretty big yards on first down. And as much as third down conversion, you're right on, Justin. You've got to – Jeff Hartman terrible. talks about it all the time. You've got to be over 50% to feel like your offense has done something. He always – he he does that often with his winners and losers. Is it the third down offense? Are they a loser because they're under 50? Are they a winner because they're over 50? But the best thing you can do for your third down offense – is leave yourself in a manageable third down. And the Steelers, I think what we'll let them down was second down. I'd have to dive into a little bit more, but you're exactly right. That third down conversion rate has got to be better. Who rich, any more of the of the catching your breath? Taking years off your life. Anything specific you want to bring up before I dive into it even more? Before and yeah, I've
2: I've really watched the live chat and uh-huh. seen some things, you know, about how Minka really balled out, Minka for defensive player of the year, things uh-huh. like that. Besides Minka and TJ, there was another guy who I thought just absolutely balled out the other day uh-huh. um, on the defense. And that would be third-year player Alex Highsmith. Um, yeah. The guy had a three-sack game. Um,
1: that's half, that's half his sack total from last year. Yes. He had six last year. He had two as a rookie. So he already
2: passed his rookie year total. And he got half of what he got last year. And he did that in one game. The guy yeah. balled out. Had tackles, was doing a great job setting the edge on the run on the run, mm-hmm. and got pressure on the quarterback. Um, he was phenomenal. So I, I especially want to say because once in a while I know we that Sam Highsmith sometimes will listen to our podcast
1: as he's been on this podcast before. As he's
2: been on our show before. If you're listening to this, Sam, let Alex know that we thought his game the other day was phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and.
2: That's what I I knew that we can see that kind of production from that guy. I knew it was going to take us a little bit to get there, but if he can continue to play like he played the other day. Now, remember we drafted Alex Highsmith in what round?
1: He was a third round compensatory
2: pick. Correct. He was in the, he was over. He was outside of the one hundreds. Third round. If he can continue playing like this. He will actually, in year three, be outperforming first-round draft pick Bud Dupree. I I did some comparisons with – remember, Bud Dupree lost
1: year two all but a few games. Right. So I compared – I was doing a comparison on for one of my stat geeks between Bud Dupree's third season with Alex Highsmith's second season, and they were pretty close. They were pretty even. So – I, I thought Alex Highsmith was doing a good job last year. Anyway, he just wasn't getting the flashy outside linebacker stats that you always want to expect. Yes, you want to see sacks from him, but at the same time, you know, somebody's got to get home. And there's a guy across the field from him who's also getting home pretty quick as well. So, and people still say Alex Highsmith cost TJ Watt the the NFL record in sacks in the season last year because he beat him there on one of the sacks at at the end of the year. So but that's that's your job that's you doing my thing is for me for Alex Highsmith, I think it it was more of a complete game because I've seen him do things outside of being I've seen him be a good pass rusher and do good and, and do good things otherwise. He's taking it. He's taking the next step. He had nine tackles. Yep. Nine tackles. Okay, three, sa- three sacks, four quarterback hits, you know, so another quarterback hit beyond that. Right. He had two tackles for loss, had the forced fumble. That's why, like I said, I was glad they didn't call that an interception by Cam Hayward because I wanted Highsmith to get that sack. Um, he was one of those that was a little bit disappointing when I look at the PFF scores and sometimes you scratch your head wondering what they're doing. I know. I report on them. That's how I know what they are. Some of them, I think, get it right. Like, what do you know? Usually they hate on Micah Fitzpatrick. Fitz, Micah Fitzpatrick had a score in the 90s this week. And that doesn't even count the special team score because defense and special teams are separate. He had an even higher special team score. But Alex Highsmith, he didn't have a bad score, but he didn't have a great score. You know, an average, you start at 60 is is the way it works. Um when it comes to PFF and his score was in the sixties. It just wasn't as, as good as what I thought it would be, but uh, don't worry. Uh, they, uh, how do I say it? <laughs> he's not someone, he's not the worst one who PFF hates on I, even though he was with the one, even when he was with the Browns and the Bengals, PFF has always hated on Larry Ogunjobi. And I'm like, how does a guy get that low of PFF scores all the time? and yet get offered such a big contract that he did when he failed his physical last year. I don't know. But that's a whole different story. But yes, yep. Alex Highsmith, nice job. And uh, so, yes, Mr. Highsmith, congratulations to your son on a good game. Let's We we just want to see it in week two and week three and week four and week five and everything else.
2: And and Mr. Highsmith, don't worry about that air quotes again. <laughs> Pittsburgh reporter who kind of trolled at you on Twitter. Cause I thought that was ridiculous as well. Yeah.
1: That's you were telling me about that. I didn't know about that one. You mentioned that before we went on the air. Yeah. That Pittsburgh reporter. Yeah. Let's just say this. I, I Let's not. <laughs> yeah, let, Let's not. Let's not. Just, so, just let it go. You know? So it is what it is, you know, when you have experience in professional wrestling arena, I mean, not necessarily wrestling yourself, but but in that industry, uh, sometimes the heel just comes naturally. You just got it, <laughs> yeah. So, if you want to say heel, I thought yeah. it was a different word. <laughs> this is a family show. There's a family show. Okay. <laughs> um, I tell you. What do you think of it what do you think of the, the 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 doink heard around the world? I mean that was a bong from 55 yards. I was trying to explain it to Jeff. He's like I'm like did you see the movement on that thing? I'm like that's like It was like a, it was a knuckleball. It was it was like the knuckleball line drive in 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 slow pitch softball that the left fielder can't can't even get a hit almost right out of it, can't get a play on it because the ball's diving up, down, and all around. Um, it it was crazy. Um, the, it looked like it was wide, then it it drifted back into good and then drifted back out to 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 doink it. Honestly, you know, if it was if I think it would have been good from 53. Um, and who knows if it was from 65? Because it probably would have been good from 65. Oh, it would have been, been from
2: 65 by the time it got there. <laughs> the it hit almost three quarters of the way up the. It was at least two thirds. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that was it pretty was, good. That was crazy. But yeah, Doink.
1: Yep. Uh, hey, thanks, Mean Joe. He's got $5 into the tip jar for us tonight. And he's like, um, how sick is hearing media? Blah. How badly Joe Burroughs played? Er, or he didn't say Joe Burrow play as if somehow the Steelers insane defense had little effect on that. Yeah. As Jeffrey Benedict said on the cutting room floor today, Minka baited him into that throw. He, he did. did. He baited he did. him into that throw. And you yeah. know what Joe Burrow did the rest of the game? He found number 39 and he went somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's for sure. I mean, Sometimes there's turnovers, and sometimes there's takeaways. They're really the you know, they're the same thing, but you know that they're not really the same thing. Like, for example, when the center just has an awful snap to the quarterback and the defense jumps on it. You got the turnover. takeaway, but that's a that's, that's, a, a, that's turnover. a turnover. Yes. That's a turnover. Honestly, all five of them for the Steelers takeaways. Yes. Agree,
2: yes they were the defense, all the defense deadless. forced them all it was not mm-hmm. so much misplayed by the offense it was mm-hmm. excellent play by the defense yeah
1: yeah yes and it was it, it was just very nice very refreshing some people had mentioned devin bush in here He's still got a low pff score but i don't know that's the best devin bush that i've seen for a long time
2: um when I saw him pursuing run plays to the sideline that looked more like the Devin Bush I like to see.
1: Yes. I'm not you know I'm not saying always that he's got to continue to get better. Yeah. But yes it was that that was that was really really nice. But um that that defense man you were wondering, oh, can the defense? Can the defense? Can they stop the run? Can they, are they going to? That was everything that you asked. Now,
2: now people will say, oh, look, they gave up 133 yards, but that was on rushing. Yeah, yeah. 133 yards rushing on what was it like? Thirty nine. Right here, let
1: me look. Thirty four carries. Thirty four carries. Kept them under four yards a carry. Yeah, and the and only- take away that fourth yeah. and one run by Mixon and yeah. Well, that's true. But you know what Coach Shum said? He's like, you can't take it away. No, you, you can't, can't take it take, away. No, you He's can't take like, it away. It but, I,
2: but I understood why why that bumped that average up a little bit. Yeah,
1: but we I took understand. It, we,
2: we took a gamble and we paid for it.
1: <sighs> you take away that one and Joe Mixon's line is 51 yards on 26 carries. Yikes. Yeah, under two yards a carry if you take that one away but you can't take it away cuz it still happened. Still but it also happened. situational football, you right. know. That is just like Najee Harris busting out for the touchdown where that you got to see in the final game at Heinz Field. Yes, it was the it was the Heinz Field then last year when you sell out for for, for that to make that play. Sometimes when, when you get through there's really no contingency. Yeah. So, and remember Joe Burrow had 47 yards rushing. So, and none of those were on design runs. So those were on plays that were supposed to be passing plays. So,
2: and he would get pressured, he would, and almost all those, he would get pressured, see that the Steelers were in man. Yeah. And that's how he was then made. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I want to come back to Boz Cause we started that had okay. the 55 yarder. Then to come back and just to shake that off like nothing and say, you know, and honestly, other than a block returned, there was the pressure of that kick at the end was like, it's not like they lose. They either win or they kiss their sister. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So either win or, or, or kiss your sister. So, which in case you missed that reference, that means that they tie. I was, I was settled in for a tie. I really was. Do you think the Bengals would have gone for the super long field goal if it wasn't for the Millette sack?
2: Oh, I would have if I was them.
1: Even with the bad long snapper? Yes. Yeah. Give your hey, go for the win, baby. Go, go for, for the win. win. I mean, yeah. come on, think about it. I, I don't I didn't see exactly how it played out because of everything going on for the Steelers, but didn't didn't the Texans punt the ball like in like around midfield at the end of overtime?
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah,
1: they did something,
2: I mean, I, I didn't I didn't even watch highlights
1: because you know I didn't care. Although that game, which I had to go back to that game a little bit, um was made a big difference with a lot of people. Um got got another five dollars. It seems like every time we get going about talking something, one of these comes up. But this no, this is great. Five dollars in the tip jar. Thank you, steel dog eighty eight. If Devin Bush gets a takeaway or a sack this week, I'll say the confidence is building for sure. You know what? That would absolutely that would be great, but If they're not sending him after the quarterback, he's not going to get a sack. Um, And my – I don't get why it's Robert Spillane is the only linebacker on the field in Dime. That that one's still confusing me. I was confused. I mean, Miles Jack is – yeah. But they have a reason that they – you know, defense played great. You know, sometimes they do some things. I'm not sure why they do it, but – Man, oh, man, they also do a lot of things. I don't know, you know, how they get them to, to, to do what they do. But that was going to be interesting if they were going to go for that field goal. And then you thought they were going to get to try to still do it because the running back picks up the ball it goes. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, they're talking. And I turned to Jeff. I'm like, no, 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 it's got to no. go back. He's like, what?
2: When As soon as I saw mm-hmm. them go back to spot the ball, I knew what it was. I knew it was the holy roller rule, you know. Yeah. um, and- That.
1: Because overtime rules exist completely as if they're within the last two minutes of regulation. Yes. So you can't advance. The only person who can advance a fumble on the offense is the person who fumbled the ball. Because too many times you're like, Oh, I'm going to get tackled. Oh, look, Oh, I fumbled the ball. It went over that way. And someone else picked it up and runs for a first down. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, Yep. So, um man, I'm still trying to catch every time I think about this game, it's still like I'm trying to catch my breath. But I will say this: as much as the offense struggled, they moved the ball in a field goal range twice and overtime. Yes. To me, the yes. problem was, was was the second half. The second half was the problem. Their their first down offense was terrible, as I put in my in my article. I mean, I have some specific numbers to, to go with that, but the second half, and I brought it up on, on, on the preview, not the preview, the post game show. So I'm going to ask you, did you feel like the Steelers offense in the second
2: half was basically tasked with don't lose? They were tasked with, I don't want to say don't lose. They were tasked with don't screw it up. Yeah. It felt the, like they the were he
1: tasked. He didn't fit do. into the category of he didn't kill us.
2: Right. Yeah. Like, don't make a mistake. Yeah. And if you're just playing don't make a mistake football, they didn't make the mistake, but that's not necessarily going to win you ball games. Exactly. It's some when you play not
1: to lose too many times, that's what you do. You play to win the game. Yeah, exactly. So, but at the same time, Coach Tom even acknowledged it today. They're like, "Oh, well, you didn't have, uh, you know, a lot of pushing the ball down the field." He's like, "Hey, we were protecting a lead. We had a big takeaway advantage. The farther you push the ball down the field, the more the likelihood for for negative, bad things to happen. We didn't need to put push the envelope." But as someone had it here, and I want okay, great 103, I think, said it's here. Um, and then we got another Super Chat says, in OT, they actually let Mitch air it out. You know why? Because you weren't just trying to protect the ball. You weren't. You were – the Steelers had to – they had to push down the field. And one of the best things he could have had, they almost could have blown that play dead because of Chuk for reacting to the guy coming across the line. Yes. It was really close whether or not he moved. Which, which, which actually you're supposed to do. So he can't jump back, and you get the penalty. That was a, that was gonna give him a first down, right? So he moved, but it luckily was just in time. There, you know, there you go. Great stuff. You know, Mitch, you know, pushed the ball down the field because it didn't matter because it was gonna they were gonna get it on the penalty anyway. Yeah. So and um, there's not
2: enough talk about the Ante Johnson's catch.
1: Oh my goodness, that was that was crazy. That was that yeah. really was crazy. Okay, uh, Oxum Doc says 499 at the tip chart. says, How about the secondary with three guys playing 100 snaps and a fourth playing 99? That is unsustainable. The offense has to find a way to chew up more time. Yes, they do, because it was a double whammy. Double whammy. The double whammy of now playing 100 snaps, technically, the technically it was only 94, yeah, if you want to think about it, but like when PFF does their snap counts, they count snaps that plays get negated by a penalty. So in other words, you played that snap, you played a full play. It just didn't count. So really they did play that many snaps, just not every one of those plays counted. But what I'm going to say is remember, that was a perfect storm of you didn't control the ball enough and it went to overtime.
2: And you used every second of overtime.
1: Yes, it went, it went, all 10 minutes of overtime. There was so your, it's not time. sustainable, but how often, I mean, my goodness, yes, the Steelers, they were down 17 plus minutes in the time of possession, but I will also say this, uh, got to bring it up. Exactly. How often, how often is a team going to possess the ball for 43 minutes and 43 seconds in a regular game? If they're letting the other team possess the ball that long in a regulation game, then even more shame on that offense, but the offense, we, we know that the offense is going to be behind the defense with having to come together with stuff. We we should have expected that. So I want to see some cohesion. The offensive line was not the pure dumpster fire. I thought it was going to be after the last two preseason games, their pass protection was adequate. Some people like, Oh, they were throwing fast all oh, they were. You know what? It got the job done with what they were doing. Run blocking still has a lot to be desired. Uh, love how Boz, you know, sh- shook off the 55-yard. He honestly thought he made it. He couldn't believe it at the upright. You could tell by the look on his face. He thought it was good. It was over.
2: Oh, because it started. Yeah, the ball went and started back towards the middle, and he thinks, "Oh, that's good." He wasn't expecting it to yeah. change direction again and go back out.
1: Yeah. So here's something that was some people were saying. Mark Tobin says this. He says Mitch had Pickens wide open. I, other people were saying, "Oh, Pickens was running wide open every play." Someone and I, you're fine that you completely disagree with them. I don't mind. Someone who doesn't agree with that was PFF because Pickens had an awful PFF grade. The only one who they had worse than him was they had Jalen Warren worse, which was really dumb because they had him with a really bad pass blocking grade, and he only played six plays. And I I, I put in the article how Brian Baldinger um, did a breakdown of two of those plays where he just blew the guy Pancake. up, Pancake. yeah.
2: I mean, just yeah. knocked guys to the ground.
1: Yeah, I mean, just like. Super impressive. Like, that's Jeff Hartman shared one of those plays on Twitter
2: after the game. That's not just, those two plays weren't just a win at block. That mm-hmm. was annihilation at block.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and getting back, you know, got to get back to the original thing about Pickens. Um, but yeah, Jalen Warren, I thought his 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 grade was not deserving. George Pickens, I don't know if it was or not because I wasn't following him enough. I really wasn't. But for him to have that grade means that he wasn't running wide open, or else he would have got a higher grade, even though the ball didn't come to him. I don't know if it really did or not. Like I said, I'm I focus more on the offensive line, so I really didn't see if he was or not. So don't know. Um, there was something else I was gonna say along in in with that. Was it Jalen? Oh, did you hear Coach Tomlin's? You've got it. Did you see where I put it in the Slack channel? Coach Tomlin. With the quote today, the press oh, conference, yes. about yes. Jalen Warren. They asked him about Jalen Warren and his and, and what he thought of his play um, in his first game. And Coach Tomlin said, and, the, and th- this was the words he used. You know what? I could even bring up. Now nah, I'm not going to bring up the quote. He said, he didn't urinate down his leg. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: uh,
1: Oh, he didn't urinate
2: down his leg. <laughs> Which is another way of saying he didn't The It wasn't he, too big for him. He, correct. The game yeah. wasn't too big for him. He fit into the game. Yeah. Here, I'll ask you this question real quick.
1: Reginald Reg, Rivers asked me he said, hey Dave, what do you think about Taublin Challenge?
2: Uh, the one early there in the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I knew he wasn't going to win it. Um,
1: I'm not surprised he wouldn't, he didn't win it because it's a Mike Tomlin challenge. I do think it was a bad call and, but honestly, no, think about this. It was a bad call. And the only reason it didn't get overturned is because people were in the way of the camera angle. Yes. You, you didn't, once. Or, they, and once then was in the way, the other one, you, you just get the right angle. You didn't get the right camera angle to overturn it. But honestly, as it happened on the field, I can't believe they didn't call that a first down. Yeah. And if he I wouldn't would, have yeah. challenged it, I probably would have been like, oh my goodness, you got to challenge that. I honestly, the fact he didn't win it, I what get he, what after he you, well after the fact, after you see everything. But I'd have been more upset if he wouldn't have challenged than I was upset that he challenged and lost.
2: When he first challenged it, I thought he was going to win it. Then they started showing replays and I couldn't get an angle for them to see. And I said, they're not going to have the evidence to, to overturn,
1: overturn it. it, and they wouldn't have had the evidence to overturn it if they would have ruled it a first down, and the Bengals would have challenged.
2: How about that one? I thought that as well. Yeah,
1: the non-challenge. Yeah. Well, do you want to know part of the reason why they didn't challenge it was what I heard today? Sorry, no, no big deal. Um,
2: no, I can't get it. No, you either. can't. Okay, there you
1: go. Part part of the thing was Jamar Chase did not think he was in. He
2: didn't think he was in. Right. He, he didn't he didn't sell he didn't it. Turn, he didn't turn and say to the to them, throw the flag, mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. Yep. We are really running later, but it is in season. So we
1: do go a little bit later when we're in season because we haven't turned the page yet. Do you wonder yeah. why we, we there's we a reason like, we a little haven't little. turned the page yet to the next game? This is our turn the page show, usually. We talk about the last one, then we look forward to the next one. But it's early in the season. And Coach Tallman said it best going into last week. He says, early on, it's more about yourself and you doing the things that you need to do than it is everything about your opponent. Because everything about your opponent is only – that's secondary if you can't do what you do first. And they're still in the do-what-you-do phase. So anything else from this game you want you wanted to mention? I got – yeah. Yeah. So
2: we're out of New England. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of New England.
1: Yeah. Um, see, I mean, this this is, I didn't get to watch any of that game. I, I watched. Uh, yeah. I, I I, yeah. I, I caught a couple highlights, but I'm just like, st- I'm still, I'm still flying high off this game. I still can't believe what I just saw, you know, Um it's a game that the Steelers should have won handily they didn't then they come back and still managed to, to squeeze it out um and really had to have some huge plays in order to do it you don't get that all the time so now they return home to the friendly confines of Acrisure Stadium it's the home opener they're taking on that team up north and kind of coach Tom was asked today about oh, hey yeah he's saying he's saying this is the first time you're going to, you're going to get where it's not Brady versus Ben. Yeah. I mean, there was the year Brady was out and stuff like that, but I mean, still, it's been it's Brady versus Ben, and it's not that. But then Coach Tom's like, well, we never looked at it that way, which is true. You go out there and it's not it's not about those guys, but it is it's different. But Coach Tomlin said they've got a they're a team in transition as well, but they're going to do what they do. So it's just different guys doing it. I don't know most of the guys on their team. Honestly, yeah. they're not guys. I'm familiar- the Steelers haven't played them since 2019, they haven't played them in Pittsburgh since 2018. I was at that game. That was that, that was the Joe Hayden interception game. That was great. So, what do you, what are your thoughts on this one before we roll in, roll into the, the
2: end of the show here? Okay. My thoughts on this one. I'd like to start off by saying Jesse James caught that ball. Yeah, (laughs) that was 2016, Um, 17, 17, 17, 17. 17. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Going into this game. um, I, I, it looked like maybe they weren't going to be facing Mac Jones. Now it looks like they potentially are going to be facing Mac Jones, I don't care who the quarterback is from New England. We just need to get after him and hit him, whoever it is. And let's see what we can do from there. Um, Was surprised at some of the plays that the Patriots defense gave up. I don't think their defense is anywhere near what Cincinnati's defense is. Um, So I'm going to be interested to see what the offense can do against that.
1: Mm -hmm. Here's my question. Is the Miami Dolphins defense better than the Pittsburgh Steelers defense? No. I don't think they are even without Trent Jordan Watt. So my thing is everyone's like, oh well, the 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 Patriots offense, they're gonna be going against a better defense. Yeah, can't believe the Patriots are opening up with two road games. About time. They they struggle going to Miami. Even when Miami was terrible and they were the Patriots, they would still—I th- still think of that of that crazy lateral play—and they had Gronk out there trying to make a tackle for don't know why or no or because it was like a hail mary. It was crazy. They, they've had some crazy games that they shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have lost down there. But yeah, Um so that that's. It'll be interesting to see. I don't really know what to expect. They're not as known of a quantity as what the Bengals are, right, You know, so, th- as I say a lot of times, I'll go to I'll pound this to death on statgeek. Week two is when week one gets put into perspective. Teams that you thought were going to be good and oh, they lost, then oh oh, then they then, For example, were the Bills that good or were the Rams that bad or was a little bit of both? You know what's going to happen this week? You're going to get more perspective on that. Yes. I've said that every year that I've been with BTSC. So that's good. I'm happy that it's going to be in front of the home crowd. I can't wait to, to hopefully through the television hear Renegade again, ready for all those things. You have anything else
2: you want to say before we before we close up with the big question? Um, I know we said that you know, or you you were talking about Coach Tom saying they never looked at it as Ben versus Brady, uh-huh. but with the two of those guys not there now, I feel the game has a very different luster about yeah. it than what it used to.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the last time the Steelers played the Colts. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't paid banning. It wasn't Andrew Luck. It just felt different, you know?
2: Oh, so it was still old man rivers, but
1: yeah. Was, did old man rivers play in that one? Or I'm still thinking of the Jacoby person. I'm thinking of before that one. That's right. I guess they did play old man rivers. Oh, that's the, that was the one um, to, that was 2020. Yeah, you're right. Um, Hey, before we go on and we get to the big question, we've got to give an update. This is the show we give you. Oh, yes,
2: please give the update
1: on the survivor pool that out. Pool went out. Yeah, yeah, I'm out. You're out. I'm out. Rich, I made a three game parlay bet on week one. Uh, of course, if you're going to do it, you're going to feel really, it was just a little bit that i done. done. I was at the casino a few weeks ago. It was a couple weeks ago. So I did it. I missed all three of them. Nice. <laughs> It's not, you know, normally the part where you get frustrated because you get two of them right and then you miss one. Okay. Even if the Browns would have missed that field goal, I wouldn't have won that one because I had Carolina and they needed to win by a point and a half. And they were winning by one. Missed that one. Then I missed, I I picked Jacksonville to cover three and three and a half. Yeah, that changed to two and a half. I'm like, if I'm getting a field goal, I'm going to take them to cover the field goal. And they were winning that to the very end you know and then then they lost by more than a field goal and then the team that I lost on my survivor pick was and I even took him with the with five and a half points is that I did not see the Tennessee Titans losing to the to the New York Giants I didn't see that in Tennessee I I didn't see that one coming um but that one got a lot of people the Colts I said I'd get back to that game eventually yep. that got a lot of people because if they tie it doesn't work can't tie got to win got to okay. win that 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 got it but the one that got the most people believe it or not well the one that was the most common was the ravens and they won the one that got the most people was i was watching the game last night and i'm sitting there thinking oh i picked denver to win this game oh you know what they're not going to cover the points they're lining up for the field goal and i'm like you know this would probably knock a lot of people out of survivor maybe and it would probably be better for the steelers for an afc team to lose i hope he misses this and he did. And that knocked out 75 people. Uh, Over half the people were out of the Survivor League, people. This is the update. Out of 435 entries, 254 were eliminated. Only 181 remain. That's right. That is down to 41.6% after one week. Craziness. So that's what's going on. If you made it through to the next week, great
2: big brosco still in yeah you you took the rat birds so hashtag, kyle's in. hashtag pay kyle still in yep pay, pay, pay kyle's there so sorry, sorry, sorry Warren you got knocked out with your uncle Dave
1: yeah he got knocked out with me I, I didn't see what uncle Jamie did I didn't see what his pick was I don't know if he's still in or not uh, he was in our in, in, we were all in league one but I was in every league because I had to set each one of them up so I got knocked out five times five times but you know what I don't mind getting knocked out. This isn't for me. This this is my football. I'm giving away, so I'm not going to win it. It just would be nice to talk about. So, if you're in the Survivor League you made it through, go make your pick now. Because one of the best things was first week of the season, 435 entries. Do you know how many of them didn't make a pick?
2: I know at least one. Oh, you do? Yes.
1: Oh, you knew somebody?
2: No, I saw that somebody in oh. ours didn't make a pick.
1: Three. Okay. Three. That's great. But week two is when you get a lot of people not making picks because people will sign up and make their pick right then. And then I had people reaching out to me. Hey, I can't remember where to go. How do I find it to go make my pick again? So I was, if you're struggling with that, make sure you reach out to me. Rich, we've got to get moving. But one last thing, a note, because I don't want to rush to the end. Scheduling note: Yes. We will not be here next Tuesday.
2: No, we will not.
1: We will be here next monday because even though we are focused on the new england patriots you know you got to be singularly focused our next show is going to be on a short week because the steelers turn around and play that thursday so therefore the programming note is um subject to change but the the hangover still will go early on monday we will go late on monday we'll go 9 p.m but we're gonna be monday night that's gonna be our double up night the Steelers preview as of right now, unless some things have to get changed around, the plan is that the preview will take our spot on Tuesday and know your enemy will stay in the same spot. That way we only move two shows rather than move all the shows. So, um, and and that's how that's going to roll. Rich, you've got to be ready. We're already over an hour, so we've got to get going. I know everyone else here would love it. They say, Hey, give us, give us more time, but we've, we've got to be respectful of this. Rich, what is your score prediction for this Sunday at Acrocher Stadium against the New England Patriots. The Steelers are currently it's flipped, it's moved between one point and one and a half points. They are underdogs to the 0 and 1
2: Patriots coming in here. All right, well I us I say in I'll be my pick. <laughs> oh. um, <clears throat> all right. Um I think the scoring stays eh, relatively low. Um, um I'm gonna pick the Steelers this week, Steelers, uh, 23 and Patriots, 19, 23, 19. I have the scores popped up in the live chat for you to put yours in.
1: If you don't put a team, then it's the Steelers. If you, if you don't think it's going to be the Steelers, yeah, you know, I'm tempted last year. I picked the Steelers to lose week one and they won. Then I picked them one week, one win week two, and they lost. I might have to just switch it up just so I can, I, I don't mind being wrong. So I'm, I'm still considering how I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Steel dog 88. He has 26, 10 Steelers Steelers, Pittsburgh, 13, three Steelers. So oh, that's an interesting one. Steeler chick, 46, 17, 14 Steelers. Uh, Reginald rivers, 27, 20. Uh, I'm not even going to say Steelers for those that are Steelers. Cause we just got to move through them. Um, Lifelong fan. 07 also has 27 to 10. Thought that was 20 there for a second. Okay. John Butte. Butte. Isn't she a butte? Sorry. Um she a um, butte. Has 17 to 10. Our beloved team. Thomas Riley has 27-17. Uh Brian Brown has six or has 16-3. Also, curious. We'd have to look. I didn't look back to see if anyone had 23 20 steelers. Don't know if anyone had that or not. Just, just was curious. Okay. Um, Pedro has 21 to 7 steelers. Occam's Zox, 24 17. Um, Claude Bishop has 20 to 13. He thinks the defense is getting another touchdown. That would be that would help a lot. Um, John Funker says 27 17. George OTJ says 30 to 13. Um Mean Joe Pitchers duel Steelers five to three. <laughs> nice. Um Jennifer has this has the Steelers at 23 to 7. Um outside Steeler fan has 24 for the good guys and seven for that team up north. Um George Rice says 13 to 6. Uh, Robert Lucky says 27 10. That's not the first time we've seen that one. Uh, which is so we're we that one's that one's our mode so far, I think. Uh 24 10 Steelers by Bart Mackey. Uh Jeremiah Yoder says 34 9. It's been a long time since the Steelers scored over 30 points in a in a non preseason game. Yeah. Um, and that was in a loss last year. Um, Nate Van Slyke has um has 24 to 20. Oh, uh, there's another one of that score. Uh, Shane giggles has nineteen thirteen. What was yours? You said twenty three
2: nineteen.
1: Twenty three nineteen. I know you had a nineteen in there somewhere. Okay, help me with this. Rands eighty seven. I rock Z. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thirty one seventeen. Stillers. Okay. Um. Tony Ringer. Ringor. Um. Twenty three to seventeen. Yeti has 23 to 17. Okay. Patricia Constaneda has 24, 17. Uh, Sherry Richards, uh, 16, 14. That's an interesting one. I I like that one. Uh, Another 27 to 10 from Um, Faustino Flores, 17, 16. Okay. Don't do that (laughs) to my heart again. Okay. Jesus Tamez. Two to one. Sorry, this is not the Canadian football league where you could score one point. Um, Joseph Donovan
2: has 31. And this is Ameri- American, American football. American football.
1: Not uh, you can play 120 minutes and end up in a zero zero time. Yeah. Um, Christopher Hockenberry. I said the last one, right? Yeah, I did. Joseph Donovan's 31 21. Um, Christopher Hockenberry, 17 7. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bring this
2: up just yep. because it's true jennifer says please no injuries yes yeah. right hey tim no tim it, we don't get to talk about his why because he gets a hold of me yesterday looking for a weather forecast to decide if he should go fishing or not because i'm known as the weather guy i okay. give him my forecast tell him to go fishing he chooses to not listen to my forecast and not go fishing and he missed a great day out on the water all right, Tim Pratt the second
1: first one going with for the for for that team up north. He has 20 to 9 with the Steelers losing that one. A uh, great one oh, 03. He has uh 1610. Um Kath, oh it skipped on me. I know Kathy has one there. There it is. Uh, Kathy, hey Kathy, thank you for the book review on Amazon. I really appreciate that. I will be trying to get a hold of you to see if we can if I can do a, a uh, a signed copy for you. Um, Kathy Ford has 21 to 18. Um, Kyle Johnson, 23, 21. Uh, since there's a Steelers soccer team, (laughs) um, Jared Thompson, 20 to 17. Um, (laughs) Tim says hashtag (laughs) scocast. Um so there we go. Lots of interesting stores, lots of them in the 20s and, and lower. Uh I if the Steelers score the 20s again, I think they'll be doing all right. I think the key is this defense has to keep teams um below you know at 21 or under. Uh, I think is what's ultimately what's really gonna and even that that still doesn't mean that they'll win. I, I think that's good. Oh, there's Evan Giles has a 14-10. Another one comes in there again. So what well, hey, thank you all for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We really enjoy spending this time with our Steelers family each week. Um, And just uh, thank you for the the support of Behind the Steel Curtain, um, just both the website and the podcast network. Uh, Mark Tobin says 2310 Steelers. It's exciting. It's exciting. Just like last year where the Steelers got that week one win, now they need to continue it which didn't happen last season, this is a very, very, very important game to show which way do you go from here with this young team in transition. Rich, final thoughts before we get out
2: of here. Time to come back in for some home cooking this weekend. Um, It's going to be a game that should be easy to get up for against the Patriots. Uh, I expect to see AcroShore Stadium full mm-hmm. of rabid Steeler fans. And I will hope that those fans there can help, you know, urge this team on and can play a part in uh in how this game goes. Let's put that I want to say team in transition. Let's make a bunch of noise and make it even tougher for. Them. Um I won't be at the game this week. I will be sitting at home watching on my couch. No, I did not get an invite to Jeff Hartman's to watch the game. Do you so really guess- want to drive two hours to sit and watch the game at Jeff Hartman's? No. Okay, he's making sure. <laughs> but I don't get to sit and watch it with Kyle either. That's the problem. He worked oh. last Sunday, watched the game at work. I think he works this Sunday and will watch the game at work. That's um, so why I watch it with my wife instead. Um, she's all right to watch the games with. She doesn't say much though, other than giggle at me. Um, but I will be there on Sunday. I will be writing my knee jerk reaction article. I am praying that the Steelers do not put my poor heart through what they put it through last week. Um, but whether they do or not in the end, I'm going to still love them because they're my Steelers. Can't wait.